everybody, and welcome to episode 75 of StatCheck, some long name that begins with C about Cryptex and Canoptic Court and stuff like that. No, you but, don't. You don't get out of it. You gotta say it. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying that. That's not Triple a real C. It's not a real episode title, and I refuse to acknowledge it because it changed without my knowledge. Um, <laughs> I hope everybody is doing well today. We do, at some point, Jeremy <laughs> dropped in very briefly for a second there while we were dropping the intro, which is why we're a little bit late. Because uh, Jeremy had a bunch of stuff on this week that we would talk about. So hopefully we'll have him joining us at some point. But otherwise, I'm Ennis. I'm joined by Nathan and Anthony. And we are here for the 75th episode of the show. We're going to be talking about all things Canoptic Court based on its uh, doing at the weekend. It's changing quite a lot. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, we've got, I think Nathan has the stats for the weekend. I think we're in the process of getting those sorted and delivered. And hopefully Jeremy will be able to talk about his experience at the UTC Finals. Um, and I also was at the Nottingham Super Major along with Tim Penny, uh, who is not here because he's on holiday in London right now. Um, but I'll be hopefully talking about that a little bit. With that said, how are the two of you? Nathan, would you like to kick us off? I'm doing pretty good. I had a three-day weekend because of the federal holiday and mostly got to play Starfield and paint minis, which was kind of nice. So I painted up like another thousand some odd points of Eldari stuff that I had waiting to be painted and then got 1,975 points of World Eaters primed and then Zenithald and ready for painting. Probably just in time for that army to get nerfed and to change radically in how it's composed, which is fine. But like, it was really nice to crank out basically 2,900 points worth of painting over three days. That was really nice. I don't know. I haven't done that much hobbying in a while, so it was aggressively fun to hobby that much for a bit. Yeah. So that was basically my three-day weekend. I didn't play any 40k. Maybe I could have. I stared longingly at, like, Age of Sigmar models because they are really pretty, but that was about it. How about, how about you, Anthony? How was your weekend? I went down to Texas to visit Michael Tempe, so that was sweet. I uh, love that guy. Big shout out. Um, and then my flight on Sunday got canceled because Texas doesn't function as a state once it's cold. <laughs> so I left Monday instead, which didn't matter because I had Monday off. So that was cool. Um, hung out. Didn't do a whole hell of a lot. I did get um, my new Karn today, courtesy of Logan in the Discord. So this will be my... A beautiful new boy. I don't know how well that's going to actually show on camera. He's extremely well painted. I'll take some like decent pictures and post it in the Discord later. Um, but it continues a trend of having you know different models in my armies from different homies of mine, which is like a favorite thing that I get to do um, as someone that doesn't do any of their own hobby at all. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else like, super exciting that happened. Um, the new job's really dope, so that's been good. I started there last week. That place has been fucking fantastic to work for. Can't say enough good things. Um, gotta love a place that'll let you work four tens on, like, you know, four ten-hour days on, like, two weeks in a row if you need, like, a Friday and a Monday off for a tournament, and you can use zero PTO to, to do a European tournament. That shit is real hype for my lifestyle in particular. So, big fan. Um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of like generalized good life shit going on. Um, we get to you know lock and load hard back into the 40k once we get a slate, and then Pyra, and then scrims, and then you're a trash, then stuff, and then selection Alpine, and Alpine, man. and yeah. <laughs> I honestly just want like a little thing that just tracks Anthony over the, like the next six months. 
and yeah, his flights to places. Yeah, it's going to be pretty wild. Uh, Alpine being the same month as selection for our like you know starting team for this year for Team USA is going to be pretty nuts. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy shit kind of in the in the pipeline. I'm very excited to ooh, excuse me to see where it all goes. Hopefully, well, we really- get balance at a reasonable clip too. Yeah. I'm kind of excited to see what this slate has to offer because it's going to change like a bunch of stuff. Hopefully. Yes. Maybe. Who knows? I'm excited just like to stop writing shit army lists for a bit and write really shit ones. Yeah, I would love to go back to Ennis plays real armies, not random shit with aircraft. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I've also learned that I've been pronouncing Nottingham wrong this whole time. So, but true. Also, I've been pronouncing Kettle wrong. So you know what? Ennis can do whatever he wants. If that's including five Storm Ravens somehow in his list because he manages to find a data sheet from Forge World that's a different one or something, like, go for it. I just want him to finish an event undefeated. It's not too much for. <laughs> I did that with four Norns. <laughs> Maybe that's the dream. We get some Ennis... Norn point cuts. Ennis gets to play Crusher again. You know what? If they cut points on Norns, I would be pretty ecstatic. It would be fun to play. I'd actually, I'd actually rather the alternate version where they give them the old Dima rule and they ignore terrain. <laughs> <laughs> they won't do that, but sure. Look, let's they, just they can pretend. go back to being the swollest Harlequins again. Like that's what Dimacarons were. They were just the biggest swollest Harlequins that ever could exist. That's true. I mean, we know Ennis loves Eldari. He has a whole army of them now. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> He is now going to be a long-time Eldari player with his triple... I played Eldar for a whole year. Did you? What was that? I got them last... I got them in 2023, right? That was last year. Yeah. Oh, true. True, you did. For a whole year. Yeah. That's right. Ennis, why don't you tell us about uh, your Nottingham experience, or however I'm supposed to pronounce so, that uh, word. Not, uh, not ham. Uh I did just... <laughs> <laughs> I like how Innes has jumped on board removing letters from things more than me, apparently. Yeah, so when I was in Nam, um but <laughs> felt like letters, all the choppers. Cut, cut those letters down real hard. Almost almost spit out my tea real hard there for a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look, everyone's got their own Nam. Mine was Cherokee, Nas was a WCW, yours was not Nam. No, it was definitely LGT two years ago when <laughs> that's <no> true. <laughs> Was that the um, one where you took GSC and you went like 0 and 5 or something? I can't remember. Anymore. Yeah, you just I, I started went... 0 and 2. <laughs> no, okay, I, that's what it was. I started, I went 1 and 2 day 1. I did not start 0 and 2. It's so much <laughs> The height was, was, there's a brief moment of brightness after that 1 and 0 bracket and then it went right. No, down. no, no. No, no. Four, it was 0 and 1. 0 and 1. Okay. Then took my rage out on somebody, then got beat again and get some back into the rage spiral. It was, that was the worst option. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Ennis. <laughs> oh, Nas tell us a... about your tell us about your super mate. <laughs> I just want to remember that Nas <laughs> still had it worse than WCW because the LGT before I had my bad LGT, he did lose to Granite Shard one. Uh, um, so oh we're doing the thing again. Um <laughs> so Nottingham Super Major. It's a 360-ish player tournament. It's a mess, frankly. I think it's uh does that 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 weird thing where there's way too many people for it to be a real tournament, and there's just like a massive amount of variability in who you play. Uh, shout out to 
Uh, I want to say James McLeod, who played Vic VJ, then Dave Gaylord, then lost his game five to go five and no. And it was like the heartbreakingest of runs to like go through all of that to then lose the round five. Um, so there, there was a ton, ton of people like that who just like played incredibly tough runs and then a bunch of people who didn't uh, because that's how you work when you play through just a tournament that has five rounds. Um, there were 12 undefeated players, 10 of whom were 5-0, and and four of them got to play the top cut, and it's a really stupid format, and I really don't like it. And it's it really should have just been three 120-player tournaments. It really should have just been three 120-player tournaments with three top fours and three winners, and just been three events. And that would have been great. And that would be but really it's cool. not that, so instead, it's a weird rest of the format. But that doesn't matter to me, because I uh, did not win five games, so who cares? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I took the uh, the Storm River list of this one. I was trying to do the whole uh, get some extra points for best of faction Marines. Managed to fuck that by six points. Uh, didn't even add to my score. I know, right? Heartbreaking. Um, yeah, fifty fifth was only worth one hundred and ninety points. Uh... <laughs> at least know, you're right? in the. Uh, you did great. Fifty fifth. That's pretty good at a three hundred sixty person was... event. I went four and one. I was somewhere near the bottom of the pack because I had a bunch of close games because I didn't really have a great grasp on like how to play my list in terms of scoring primary against Necrons and Eldar, um, which I played twice each, uh, which was interesting. <laughs> Trying to figure out how to hold an objective with like five scouts against a squad of six wraiths is an interesting question that I'm not sure has a real answer uh, besides no. engage sadness and the same thing against <laughs> Triple Knights winner. Um you also kind of lost that heartbreaker by like three points was the loss so that I saw. All of my games were like super close, except one which was a bit of a blowout, and it was priority targets where a monkey could have scored 45 primary, so it wasn't that impressive that I managed it. Um yep. yeah, six objective priority targets in round in round three. So I scored 50 primary that game. Um the only one where I scored above 40. <laughs> which is a worrying thing to be doing with your redemptor dreadnought list. Um it's good. Yeah, I'll talk through the games like a little more specifically after we've done like the stats and stuff like that because it's a bit more interesting. Um, but yeah, I had a heartbreaker loss against uh, Guard in game two against what is turning out to be just like the player that I crapped the bet against, Jamie Balcom, who just like I play. He's the guy that I played on Conquer a couple years ago when I was uh, learning my GSC army and like massively overpushed, and then he played it well, and I like, had a terrible like heartbreaking loss there as well. Um, but that was before the LGT where I then had the more heartbreaking losses. So. You know, he's just clearly a herald of change. I'm not playing Marines anymore because otherwise I'll just start losing it. I'll have my my next event after losing to Jamie. So yeah, um, it was interesting to play the Storm Raven. Uh, the thing does so much damage. Um, it's incredibly rewarding to roll it. It's then the figure bit where you try to figure out how to ever use it. That's the difficult part. Uh, I was really struggling to position it to like get it to shoot a second time. Um, which is, you know, when you built your list around a model kind of a thing you want to be doing. Um, yeah, at least but it was very fun. Yeah. Picking up like a full squad of immortals and the characters with guns to spare after split firing, uh, or a full demon Ross with just the multi melta things like that. Good fun. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Seems good. It's pretty fun for 240 points. It's hard to complain about it, especially if you're playing on boards that can like actually support it moving, which is not WTC. Don't try it on WTC. Somebody is going to try it anyways on WTC. Training. You're going to get put on a heavy. You're going to get put on a heavy board, and there's going to be six. There's going to be six of the large ruins, and you're not going to be able to move it, and it's going to be your own fault. And don't go complaining to Kit Hannah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
All right. Do we want to talk very briefly about stats, most of which are depressing? Real Let's quick? very quickly touch on uh, Jeremy is not going to be joining us. He has decided that he is in another headspace to be talking about the UDC finals. Uh, we will hopefully have him talk about it a little bit more once he's a bit more removed from the situation. But broadly, uh, there's more details in Discord. If you want to hear it, join the Patreon. I mean, I, I can just read this part of don't, it. Just so we, don't do no. it. No. Okay. Patreon.com slash stat check. You want to know more? You want to know more about this us being incredibly cryptic? About the cryptic stuff, yeah, yeah, I can tie into this. Can, I can tie you into can, this well. you can pay us dollars slash stat check. Pay us five dollars. Go and read this event right now. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm going to talk about stats very briefly. We haven't quite gotten the weekly stats done yet, which is just how it happens sometimes when Jeremy, our major strat stats gatherer, has a tournament on weekends, especially one that involves like significant travel, like this last one did. Um, We'll get that ironed out a little bit, but suffice it to say, Necrons did really well. Of 25 person or higher, five plus round events, they won four out of those seven events that we would have normally tracked. Uh, so they won over half of them. Um, if That's you <laughs> if you track everything, like for GT size events, it's like six out of 12 or something like that is what I saw. So it's like half, but it's slightly over half in the 25, five plus round events that we usually track, including winning the largest event of the weekend. Um, they won uh, Nottingham. They also won uh, the UTC finals, uh, Hypercrypt listed. So, like, yeah, a Hypercrypt list won one thing, and a Canoptic Court one won the largest event overall of the weekend, which is saying something. Um, as, as Ben McJurek says in chat, strong but not dominant. Um, we'll just one more, just one more chainsword, guys. I promise it actually does help into Catan. <laughs> yeah. So That's we'll true. just like we're gonna have to keep tracking the data for like another week, probably, to get kind of like a really clear picture. But it does look like maybe, unless the nerf to devastating wounds for immortals like just seriously cuts the entire Necron index in half, which is index uh, rates basically at this point. Which I doubt. We're probably in for a long haul with Necrons, at least for a little bit. I don't know what whole, your like, two weeks before we have the balance data slate and it everything seems changes. It's pretty again. straightforward to fix them, to be fair. Like Wraiths and Satan are under cost. And if you fix those two things, there's not like that much crazy shit going on now that the Dev Ruins got nerfed. True. I uh, broadly oppose the idea of you would stick in three inch deep strike, then move six um, if, in Hypercraft with like Tomb Blades and the. Tomb Blades and such, but that's more of like a yeah, fundamental, units, but like fundamental choice of existence. Can yeah, that's just like about, stupid shit. Can we talk about kind of how that works real quick? Because I think that has to do with the most recent FAQ, right? Yeah, let's actually just talk about the FAQ a little bit. That's probably what makes sense. So um, the Necron FAQ came out recently, and the main two things that came out of it, there was some weird thing with the detachment that nobody's read. Um, I'm sure Goonhammer will have all the details about the Triarch detachment if you're really interested. Uh, <laughs> But the, the main things, um, the stratagem eradication of Sinajure or whatever it's called, Sinajure eradication, that was the give your cryptic units uh, weapons devastating wounds, worked in range or melee if you were in your army's power matrix, which is basically if you controlled half the objectives in no man's land, your units could get devastating wounds. It was a battle tactic which meant you could do it for zero CP off of a lord, and you could do it on a squad of immortals who could be equipped with Tesla weapons with a plasmancer, getting full reroll to hit, exploding fives. Uh, sustained hits to and then full reroll to winning his units on objectives and they were very capable of having a what was effectively 140 point unit with characters pick up a land raider in one activation which 
broadly, I would describe as not great for the game in terms of having units punch within their weight class. Um, yes, it was a lot of it was a lot of CP investiture. No, it wasn't. It was, it was a lot of like zero. <laughs> it was a lot of investiture in um, like things into one specific gimmick, but it was powerful when it went off. It was possible to play around, but not easy to play around. Is the kind of general description and the kind of thing that broadly shouldn't really exist in the game. You should not be you know losing a land raider to the equivalent of you know an army's basic troops for the sake of having stood on an objective and then spending a zero CP stratagem. Uh, battle tactics were a mistake. Um, but that got removed. It's now cryptic and canopic <laughs> models only. So the best use case is generally going to be rates in combat, where it averages roughly four mortal wounds, six or four devastating wounds, six devastating wounds. If you're in your full, if you're in your full rules, which you obviously will be to be using it, which puts it roughly on rate with grenades. Right? You spend one CP for th for three more wounds of grenades. You spend two CP for roughly six with a bit of spike, more spike potential. There, I think that's fair enough. It seems like a very reasonable stratagem. There, people will complain because they're comparing it to the Immortals version, but such as you can't, can't change the past. Um, the other thing that changed is the confirmation that the hyperphasing for the Necrons, which is the, the ability that lets them pick three units up off the board at 2,000 points, it's obviously less at lower points values. Um, they can, you can put them into strategic reserve, which by the core rules, if a unit that goes into strategic reserve has the deep strike rule, you can place it using deep strike rules, which means that you don't have to follow things like not coming in on turn one or coming in off a board edge and so on. Um, so things like the Nightbringer don't have deep strike, but the Transcendent Catan does, and there's like upgrades you can give and things like that. However, there's a strategy in the attachment called Cosmic Precision, which allows you to effectively three inch deep strike anywhere on the board. And the FAQ confirmed that the specific wording of that stratagem overrides the need to come in from strategic reserve so you're not required to place within six of the board edge you're not required to follow like the turn one limitation if you were set up off the board because otherwise you wouldn't be able to bring in a unit from strategic reserve so you can have things like a three inch deep striking nightbringer you can have you know a squad of tomb blades that don't really have deep strike arrive three inches away from your opponent and then use their uh, move six after shooting to steal objectives and all that kind of thing it's like having really really annoying inceptors that also move um it's very unique it's the only thing but uh it's one of the one of the the very interesting things about hypercraft and as far as i'm aware it's the only instance of a unit that can pull three inch deep strike and a move um because i don't think gsc have access to that and a, gray knights can a gray knights can do it with interceptors but it's interceptors will see one which which limits it a little bit um and also gray knights kind of suck Whereas it's in getting, Necrons, it's a pretty viable Tomb Blades are already a pretty solid unit, and then adding that to them makes them very powerful. Uh, we saw one of the Team England boys, Chris Kinnear, playing three squads of Immortals with Chronomancers and three squads of Tomb Blades, and his only loss was to Josh Roberts on Necrons, doing the same kind of thing. And then Nottingham had that FAQ in effect. Or so they were using the FAQ, but not the errata, because the errata came out after list submission. So they were saying, yes, we'll confirm that, yeah, that's how Cosmic Precision works, but the... Um, the rules update was out after the submission. It was out after pairings were up. Um, so it was mm -hmm. just kind of like a, sorry, like we can't change it now. It's a bit late, which is understandable. That makes sense. Yeah, I think the biggest kerfuffle was with LVO, who apparently are using both pieces, like the day after the submission or something like that was the biggest online kerfuffle that I saw. It was the Necron. day before. The day before, yes, rather, the list submission. Um. I guess, like, the only other thing I saw that came out of that errata was that Tau players were starting to say that the teleport homing device on stealth suits should work the same way or something like that. Um, but I don't know. 
it seems good the ability to uh, deep strike anywhere on the table and uh, be able to drop something like the uh, Void Dragon three inches away from somebody. Or the 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 most funny aspect, the f- funniest use cases I've seen for so far are twenty warriors with a Chronomancer, or uh, a Night Scythe that then disembarks three ra- six rates on the Technomancer. I hate that. <laughs> I hate everything about that. <laughs> Everything about that makes me upset deep inside. I won't lie. Um, you can do then, a ghost arc, then twenty necro warriors, and the guy that and the guy that attached them. <laughs> then I guess the other biggest defender from Necrons is just Catan. Generally speaking, since they gave them all the feel no pain, so they're all half damage and a five up feel no pain. Yeah, they all went up fifty percent in durability, so they should all go up fifty percent in points. Um, just, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. There's no way those models should be less than 350, 350 points. It's ridiculous, but such. They're just following the in-card model of pointing giant monster units, and the only person who decided to point them appropriately was apparently whoever wrote the Tyranids uh, points. <laughs> and Mortarian. <laughs> and Mortarian. Sorry, Mortarian. And Morty got fucking dealt, dude. I guess is there anything else kind of to talk about with that do you think that after both pieces go into effect we're still kind of going to see them at kind of where they're at going into this weekend same kind of a general power level as people kind of transition to hypercrypt or are they going to be moving to something else instead i think canopic core is it kind of falls into the like the realm of the sort of general a tier like it's a completely reasonable army that you can play and it's fine um it, it does some good things it does some things a little weaker um, the nice thing about it is it does take attrition damage and all that kind of stuff. Same with any Necron army that isn't really awake in Dynasty. Um, so you can kind of force them to play a bit more of a game. And they don't do that much damage. Like there, there are units that will do damage in the right circumstances, but Catan are generally pretty slow, um, even if they do do a ton of damage when they get there. And then you have Hypercrypt, which I think is like an A-plus army. Like It's a bit better. It definitely has you know all the tools to win a game to win a tournament. Um, but again, the damage output can be a little bit lacking under the wrong circumstances, unless you get all your stuff in the right place. It kind of does the the great night thing that that the Team America list from WC did, where it just wants to kind of slow the game down a bunch and then deny you primary and all that kind of stuff, and then turn four and five, have free reign of the board once you're committed, and it can measure all your threat ranges and do whatever it wants while you have very little recourse because it has mobility and you don't at that stage of the game because you're all on the board. Um, but if you can just get on top of it, force it to start playing its game, you can you can get through it. Like it does have vulnerabilities, so I think they're just you know they're not chaos space marines and Eldar. I don't think for the hypercrypt those are like in terms of general relation to the overall game. Um, but we'll see what that changes after the battle stage. Like, if they don't see any changes and everyone else gets nerfed, maybe they start being problems. Makes sense. It's fair. Um, and then world leaders won their third GT. They won the German GT. Fucking finally, boys. We're doing it. <laughs> they took down two post-nerf Canoptic Courtless on the way to get there as well. They're very right. good into um, Necrons. They seem like they'd be really good at eating Wraith units, generally speaking. Yep. <laughs> like, correct. <laughs> Most world leader profiles line up rather good into Wraith units, um, especially in court where they're not like, they don't have the same recursion that they do in other... Um, like in like Awakened Dynasty or like the stuff that Necrons were doing earlier in the edition. So if you just get to like you know kind of like grit your teeth and fucking wail on them, the Necrons go away a lot fast at a much higher clip than the Eaters do. Makes sense. All right, I guess we should transition into Innis giving us the lowdown on what your not ham experience was like, or he'll blink in and out of existence a few more times. Yeah. 
don't know. What was Manny's list for Nottingham composed of, actually, now that you're just kind of sitting here? Uh, I don't know. I just remember that it was worse, like, on purpose, because he's working on being more sportsmanlike or something. Okay. He cut, like, the double... He cut the double jumper knots for three more eight-bound and another sort of jackals, and he put his second squad of Berserks to ten or something like that. Yeah, it was... It was weird. It seemed to do fine. He won two mirrors. Yeah. Very skill-intensive matchup, that mirror. Yeah, that mirror's a, you know, really a thinking man's game. <laughs> I always look at that mirror and I'm like, the hardest part of this feels like it's going to be keeping track of my units if they're painted red, and my opponents are as well, because it's just going to be two red armies just mixing it up, painted identically in the middle. It's, it's actually keeping track of whose turn it is during the yeah, fight. Yeah, with all the fight on death. <laughs> it's so, it sucks so much. <laughs> You got to have one of those tokens that you hand each other at the beginning of each turn, just so you know. It's basically the talking stick. But yeah, you make you it do a chain axe. It's the talking stick. You imagine, right, right, you've got like a multi-combat, right, where you charge your unit into a unit and it into two separate units. One of those units is in combat with two units of yours. You fight it, kill some models. They fight on death, kill some models in a unit that you're not currently activating. Those models then fight on death, kill a unit in a third unit that's not currently fighting on your opponent's side, and you just build this chain up and down the line. <laughs> I think I, I hate, just got... I hate everything I, about this. I just got a migraine, and I know why. Um, you could uh, you could have models activating 40 inches away from the original combat. <laughs> Ines, why don't you go through your list that you brought to this ham tournament? <laughs> yeah, so I decided to take a riff on uh, Kitsmith Hannah's a list from a few events that he played over in the States because it was super interesting, um, which is basically do, using the Iron Storm Detachment and its ability to make one model do a ton of damage with Mercy's Weakness uh, and sticking it on the biggest guns you can find short of an Astraeus, which is the Storm Raven because it has a big, it has like three big multi-damage guns and then 24 Hurricane Water Shots, which is a lot of gun, a lot of gun power coming out of a model that moves 20 inches. So it's a Storm Raven and three Redemptive Dreadnoughts as sort of like the general core of the list. Um, that didn't change from Kit's version. And then I trimmed out a bunch of the like additional weird protection stuff to try and just add in a bunch more scoring options, which helped me score a bunch of secondary. It didn't help me much on the primary side of things. Um, so, you know, more to work through on that one. But I think getting used to my damage specials would help a lot more with that. Um, and then you, you kind of, I kind of just booked that out with a bunch of support units. Azrael and the Squad of Company Heroes just as a nice little like um, objective skirmisher that gives you two ZP every turn. So you can use it to kind of brawl and brawl in the midfield. Um, I had a Talmaster and two tech Marines, which are sort of your generic buffing units with the damage blank, the lethal hits aura and the advance and shoot and fall back and shoot aura just to keep your stuff ticking and keep your stuff alive. A solo whirlwind for my backfield, a storm speed or thunder strike as like a fairly fast unit that you can push up the flanks and also has like a relevant but, but bit of damage boost into things like Catan. Being able to get plus one to wound into them really helps a ton in terms of making like all of your chip fire, like all your strength five and six, like just do tons of damage to them. Being able to kill stuff like the Nightbringer or the Void Dragon without using your ultimate moment on them is super valuable when you're also trying to hunt down Wraiths or Destroyer Bricks and things like that at the same time. Um, two squads of scouts, one squad of Inceptors. Uh, I'm gradually becoming less and less enamored with Inceptors. Every time I use them, I find them more and more underwhelming for different reasons nowadays. Um, and I don't know if that's just because people are getting more used to playing with them or because I'm just finding other ways to use them or I don't like throwing away 110 points for three points of deployed Albromers sometimes. I don't know. I'm trying to work it through that a little bit, but I would expect them to be going up in the days like, if I was a bang man. because I would be fucking astonished if it stayed the same. 
Yeah, because that unit is really good. I just really don't like it. And I can't, I'm, I think I'm having just real problems with the Marine Codex of just not enjoying the way it wants to play. Um, and then I had a Kalth Assassin and Four Inquisitorial Henchmen because sometimes your opponent doesn't have indirect and you can hold your back there with Four Inquisitorial Henchmen and it feels great. And then your Whirlwind can like drive up the board. There's a really like important question I think that just got asked in the YouTube by Atheric. Which is how do you even move a storm raven in hover mode? Do you have to measure from the wings and parts that overhang the base? Yeah, but thankfully on most terrain they actually sit over the top of it, so you only really have to measure the base, and you just kind of measure diagonal distances a bunch. Mostly it ends up being like this model moves twenty, but you pretend it's like a movement twelve model, and you go up and down a bunch, and it basically works out. Um, but you have to be like fairly careful with it. You can also advance and shoot with it, um, so you can often just like clip that last extra inch or two that you need to uh with the aura from the tech oh, from the sure. stupid <laughs> dumb <laughs> you can't get the redemptor out of it afterwards though uh which is oh, no. um my, my favorite combo for it was putting a redemptor inside it and also five scouts and then you could drive it forward the scouts could get out the front of it after it moved chuck a grenade to proc your mercy's weakness and then <laughs> <laughs> and then also like do your deploy teleperformers at the same time <laughs> what does mercy's weakness do in the current edition just so, so it is it. sustained hits one uh but you have to but only while you're targeting units that are below starting strength and then uh sustained hit you get critical fives if you're a vehicle okay. um and then you stack that with the lethal hits aura and oath of moment and you know you your hurricane <laughs> boaters do nine damage to a katan uh, <laughs> You're making Anthony like real sad, and I can tell because he's like leaning just, further and further into himself in his gaming chair. I just hate the the detachment. I hate that detachment a lot. I just how I feel. I'm glad it's bad in teams. Yeah, um, I will say almost every single one of my games ended up being incredibly close. Uh, I had a seven point win and a three point win against Eldar, a three point loss against Guard. And a two point win against Eldar, um, and then one game that I won by like 29, uh, which was against what? Necrons. It was just very, very close games across the board, uh, mostly because, as I said, I didn't have a great grasp on how to score primary with it because I was playing one of those things that I, I tend to do when I'm playing a, a faction that I are playing an army I haven't played a ton is default to a very defensive and like I'll win, like I'll hold off just now, wait for an opportunity, and try to win the game in the late game, which mostly works and then you feel like you drop one more primary than you expected or you like miss a kill on something by like five primary and suddenly the game's really sketchy or I think you I'm drop just like way too anxious to ever play like that i've never played a game like that in my entire life i did not enjoy doing it a single bit this entire event yeah i was just... sitting there like i really want to be doing something i just don't know how to but i'm like i've deployed like four inches too far back to do anything because i like wanted to be out of threat ranges because i don't know what i'm scared of yet and just like cowarded my way into like needing to needing to like you know not draw a double dead card on turn five to win the game and you know the one time that happened i lost by three points and it's just kind of like yeah. i would have oh, known what man. i was scared by by the end of round two i might have lost those first two games but yeah and i mean i, I didn't lose after game two yeah but, um yeah so my game one was into um basically uh like a fairly fairly typical eldar list it didn't have Fuegan or the third Night Spinner, but it did have like um, all the standard, like Ten Wraith Guard, King Car, and all that kind of thing. That was Dawn of War, uh, which was the big. Uh, I didn't get to use. I didn't get to limit test the Storm Raven at all because it deployed and then he went first, and then Wraith Guard were within twenty four of it and it never moved. 
because they could see it so it couldn't go forward couldn't go backward because it was dawn of war so it just sat there and shot a night spinner that it could kind of see and then die um and you know what that was fine <laughs> um that, that game i think i grenaded four times in tank shocks four times um just the only way i was interacting with wraith guard was that and then charging them with redemptors i don't think i shot them once and killing the full squad um and the highlight of that one was definitely the tile master doing four devastating wounds and another wound from the heavy bolter to the incarn um but yeah scraped that one through with seven points uh drew capture any outpost on turn five which was a nice feeling um and then realized i didn't need it because i was able to get the other one anyway but it was still just like oh my god how do i score points in this army um playing score sharp against eldar against wraith guard is horrible i think i did like it was like a five five ten ten on primary with like maybe a i don't think i got the five point burn it's just like oh my god this is so sketchy uh game two was my game into guard um this was a super weird game uh, it's purged the full and i went first which is uh, just kind of not where you want to be um i didn't get to really do anything on turn one we both deployed very conservatively this was a uh, crucible of battle deployment so diagonal i basically just fired my indirect at creed squad because i'm just like if i fire at creed squad twice there is a chance that with one more wound i will kill her um and i ended up getting her with that and my inceptor squad i, I got her on turn two to like get rid of the overlapping fields of fire which is the extra AP strategy that's like the big pain point for me losing Redemptive Dreadnoughts to Mana Cores and Tank Commanders. This was a three Mana Core, three Tank Commander, 12 Bulgrin list, um, which is, if you don't know anything about Tank Commanders, they fire on death on a two plus, which makes it really, really awkward for mixed arms armies to deal with them because you kind of have to be pressing up the board at the same time as you're shooting them. And then you shoot them and then they shoot, they then shoot your melee presence. Uh, it's why I think like the guard CSM match was actually a really interesting one because there's a lot of ways for the CSM to get punished if you're trying to play like your forge fiends are trying to kill things and also your chosen are trying to kill things at the same time um and it can really stretch you on that um and then obviously mana cores are just a nightmare in general for a lot of armies what a stupid um, fucking unit well the tank commander or the mana core the mana core yeah agreed um, the tank commander is annoying but like yeah it did not help that jamie did not roll below a four on shots for his mana cores until turn four uh, <laughs> just like please stop it <laughs> for what it's worth though he didn't do damage with the hunter killer the entire game um despite having like 12 of them so that's like the hunter killer experience though isn't it yeah like, it's not a hunter gonna... killer missile not a hunter killer hit all for a reason yeah um, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i i really like that and that's what i'm going to use from now on thank you for that dad joke Ennis. i appreciate you to be fair, they were always hitting. They were never wounding. It was the wound roll that was the problem. Um, <laughs> I get you. Um, this one was this one was a really interesting game for the sake of he had double vect and he double vected armor content, and I was still using it every turn um, because I had actually I was like no, I wasn't spending on anything else. I'm like oh, I guess I'm just gonna keep keep armor content. <laughs> that makes oh, me man. so mad. <laughs> that. I mean, that must have been really frustrating for your opponent to be like, I've done everything I can to stop this from happening, and it's still happening. Shout out to the Redemptor Dreadnought that took no damage from two tank commanders uh, because of armor contempt on turn four. <laughs> <laughs> so, but why did you... Okay. Okay. So, what happened that caused you to lose this game, though? The last time I played Jamie, I felt a little hard done by it because I full court pressed with Gene Cult into a Custodes army in ninth edition and like full bounce. I killed like a bike and 
two Sagittarium with like a full Gene Circle army, uh, including Custom. melee. And I was like, Woo! I felt hard done by. And then like I clung on by and J like I spoke Jimmy about that game, and he was like, I felt like you were a little disingenuous with like how tough the game was. Like you very clearly messed it up. And I'm like, I know I messed it up. That was not how I won that game. I'm annoyed that I did it and got punished for it. You know, like I had both things go wrong. I shouldn't have made the play, but also I shouldn't have got punished that hard. Uh, yeah, but you know, it happens. Such is such is life. This one, I'm at the point where I'm now like winning the game would have been less valuable to me than this story is now, and that's what I'm <laughs> lying to myself about. I like uh, it. I like this lie to help you preserve. Your yeah, that's how I'm gonna. Better. That's how I'm gonna lie to myself about this game in two years' time. Um, so. My turn five, I am 17 points ahead going into the going into it. Um oh I hate where this is going. There's no there's no way he's getting hold more because I'm sitting on three of the four object I'm sitting on four of the objectives, three of them with two of them with redemptive dreadnoughts, and one of them is too far away for him to interact with. So I proceed to draw my cards and I draw defense stronghold and overwhelming force, and he has no units on objectives except one manticore that's at eight health that I can get Azrael squad shooting. Uh, the one whirlwind and um the talon master can get shots on it uh and that's the only thing i can interact with on an objective which i failed to kill by uh three health the 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 manticore or the i put 11 11 13 13 hits on it with the whirlwind with mercy's weakness with sustained hits and uh one wound which he passed um that was very upsetting um and then uh started my defense stronghold now my whirlwind is sitting on my home objective on six health. If it dies to shooting, there's no way he can get on my objective. He's got a Calvis assassin in reserve that's sitting nine away, and a sentinel that can charge me, but will. But I'm like long ways off the objective, move blocking him from getting to the objective. So even if he charges me with his consolidation move, there's no way for him to get to the objective. So the only way he can do it is by getting Calvis onto it and then killing me exactly in combat. Well, and I have six health. So he fires a he fires a manticore at me because he has to get me low enough that the Caldus will kill me in combat and proceeds to wound four times. Got four up save, passed three of them. Should have command rerolled one of the saves here to try and fail it, but I hadn't realized it was quite this close at this point in the game. Passed three of the saves, took three damage. He then stops firing at me. If I had just died there, I'd have won of the game because he wouldn't have got captured on the outpost. Instead, instead, he then proceeds to charge me with a sentinel and tank shot to try and do one damage, but not three damage, because three damage loses him the game and does one damage. Then hits the nine charge with the Caladus Assassin to get onto the objective. This turn, he had drawn Capture Enemy Outpost and Bring It Down, <laughs> which was then another 12 points, because he, of course, proceeded to kill the kill me in combat with the Caladus Assassin by rolling a six to wound, which is not unreasonable. Five attacks, twos and sixes. Um, he did two. He did two. So, like, didn't have the CP for him. But also, my Overwatch did no damage. And I had a CP left, which I could have used to auto explode to try and kill the Calidus, but my Overwatch did no damage and she has four wounds. And I'm just Ooh, like, buddy. okay, cool. And then I lost my three points. Because <laughs> I dropped the fence strongholds and he War tried to capture and bring it down. Warhammer! <laughs> I was going to say this list feels very vulnerable to uh, deck draw. <laughs> Being bad if you take that tactic of going slow. It was really tough watching the guard army that was as trapped in his deployment zone score 11 more points on secondaries than I did. Um, because the one turn that I put my Caladus in his deployment zone, he drew assassinate immediately afterwards. I'm just like, ouch. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you get scammed. Yeah, oh, how I'll live by the Yu Gi Oh! Die by the Yu Gi Oh! Uh, <laughs> when do we get push in us back? 
<laughs> when do we get an aggro? And Space Marines have a detachment that works for that. Yeah, but what if you just didn't play Space Marines or Tyranids? I don't, I don't know, man. What about that Eldar army you got in boxes? <laughs> Just anything the fuck else, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was super interesting to play. Um, cool. So that was game two. Uh, game three, I played into Canoptic Core, and this was the only practice game I played with my list. So I kind of knew what I was doing, and it was, like I said, priority targets, six objectives. So I, it was really hard to not score primary. Uh, we got to have the good old Azrael uh, precisioning at a Technomancer. Uh, and a full squad of raids charging a Storm Raven with the expectation of doing damage and doing two to it, which I immediately flew back to full on. That was good fun. Um, that was a good old just Storm Raven flew, flew about and killed like 14 raids by itself and then uh, threatened yeah. the Khan with the guy that conceded by that point. Good stuff. Good stuff from the Storm Raven. Game four, I paired into triple Night Spinner, triple D Cannon, and 10 Wraith Guards. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I sit here like, I don't, I just, as a human being, okay, I understand the concept of. We'd like push it as well. How am I meant to push into that? I don't. The game is set up right now to not allow a lot, not allow to like break my soul of our. How do you push into ten wraith guard and three d cannons with redemptor dreadnoughts? You don't. It's just so I didn't. So I sat back and took a five and a five on scorched earth and watched him score a ten and a ten. And I'm like, well, I could, let's go and make something happen now. So I went for the all in on the wraith guard and it worked, and I won by two points. Man, I like it. Worse yeah. ways to lose, better ways to win. <laughs> exactly. It was the uh, it was the, the good old um okay, let's measure every angle on the Wraith Guard, and I've gotta just take this Overwatch and see what happens. And drove forward with the Storm Raven and took two damage on the Overwatch because I had the down I'd saved the damage blank through his turn and everything and went for it. And the Storm Raven picked up six, grenade strat picked up one. So three dudes fired at Redemptor Dreadnought, didn't kill it, charged and killed them cool we're okay with this obviously he had burned his fate dice at that point and like at that point they were just rolling dice at me basically which fine cool we can live good just enough. about um yeah that one came down to i had to not draw double dead cards and the only thing that i could do was double dead cards was like maybe capture and deploy capture and storm hostile objective on five and i didn't draw those two and those were the only, like any other cards would have been fine so i think i was okay in that one um but it was still a mess together. <laughs> uh, Sounds like then, a fucking mess. Yeah, and then game five, uh, I went second into Coptic Court. Uh, I went second four times, which I did not feel great about. It felt like every time I went second, it was like, oh, I suddenly tracked on my deployments again, which is the good old Iron Storm thing that I was complaining about earlier. Um, so, you know, maybe Iron Storm is just a terrible detachment, like Anthony says. And frankly, I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't know if it's bad in singles. I know it's bad in teams. It's definitely terrible in teams um every single game i played was like a 10 10. yeah um well, maybe there's something to that but it just seems like a large waste of marines yeah for sure um so yeah this ended up being a super awesome game um i played uh this was just kind of one of those ones where it's five objective taken hold and the necrons got a 15 on turn four that i like you know i couldn't move a redemptor dreadnought forward because it would have let the wraiths move further away but then i had to shoot them to weaken them enough and then i, I missed like the six inch charge with a reroll into them and just like left them on an objective that i really would have rather they weren't on and gave them a 15 and like had to recover it back um but i had done a good job of like i denied the gave them a five on turn one a five on turn two and then it was like a 10 15 from there and then i got my five 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 15 and just clung on on the secondary scoring with assassination on tomer um Taking a turn off homers is really sketchy, but I had to on turn two. 
um, because I was this list had the immortal bomb and then double katan 12 wraiths. And he was just using just push the rates onto the two side objectives, held me down there for just long enough that I couldn't score primary off them, and then brought the immortal bomb out like on turn three to kill Azrael's squad, and then just like removed my pressure on that side of the board. Not a lot you can do about your pressure suddenly dying. And I'm like working through the two katan in the middle in slow time without oath the moment, which is a unfun proposition, but just about worked out. They do not love like mass volume lethal hits and devastating wounds that like the you know the general like space marine backfield tends to have which helped a ton. Um, so yeah, overall, I think I, I finished with like 400 and something, 409 total points on the event, which is reasonable. Uh, four and one, so 55th of 360-ish players. I'm not unhappy with it. I didn't any, end up getting any points for Best in Faction Marines, which is why I played Marines at the event, so I'm a little miffed on that front. But it was great, obviously great to see everybody and uh, watch Nas lose all his money at the casino and all that good stuff. He's good for that. <laughs> he is very good at that. Um so yeah, no, it Tim, was, like I did get to see Tim. We got to go for dinner with Tim. We went to an also we, we took Tim to an American steakhouse or uh, sorry, American barbecue place. Um, <laughs> That's real funny. <laughs> it was really good. Um, I'm not mad. I'm just confused. I just enjoy it. I enjoy the the American going to England to go to an American barbecue joint. That makes me happy deep inside somehow. Yeah, we uh we met, we messed up some steak platters, some uh some platters. It was good. Um, pictures of which you can also see in our Discord, probably. I think, can, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that was uh, that was not here for me. I know Tim went three and two for that one. Um, yeah, so... Tim got a little bit scammed in his Canoptic Court game, is my understanding. Yeah, and then got Eldard. T- Tim, uh, Tim's round four draw was like watching him get that at the at the restaurant on the Saturday night was hilarious. As he reads the guy's list, and it's like Avatar Yinkarn. Triple Spirits here, um, ten Wraith Blades, ten Wraith Guard, and a Wraith Lord. <laughs> what a, it's just like why? this is terrible, but I can't punish this in any way, shape, or form. I'm just gonna die to this. Nice. Yeah, the good, the good old, um, the good old Phantasming Wraith Lord with uh, Fates Messenger, so it can use a natural six and your um, Fates Messenger six to double lethal hits with Bright Lances on Overwatch. Is fun for the twelve wound vehicle army. Yeah, fun is one of the ways of describing that. Yeah, exactly. Fun, enjoy- enjoyable, <laughs> pleasant experience. Mean- meanwhile, the Avatar of Kane kind of comes in and does fun things to you as well, as does the Incarn. You know, just funsies. Fun all around for everybody. The whole family. All right, do we want to... Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Paint Celestine asks in chat, if you take the Ravenwing Detachment with the Detachment Rule Masters of Maneuver and you have the Enhancement Master of Maneuver... Does that make you the masterist of maneuvers or masterist of maneuver? It makes you the masterist of maneuvers, plural. I, th- I can get on board with that. You're the masters yeah. of maneuver. We'll pluralize it the weird way. Yeah. Oh, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna pluralize it in the odd spot. It means yeah. you can get a diploma and disappointment because you went to graduate school for your masters in maneuvering. Yeah, That's you get a diploma in maneuvering. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's actually what the book is on the Talon Master is their diploma in maneuvering. <laughs> uh, rip, rip Talon Master. If you read today's preview article and believe that it wasn't just a copy paste error on the on the Talon Master, I hope it's dead. Oh, I hope it's dead so hard. I, it would be very nice if it was just gone. I have a Talon Master. I'm okay with I'm okay with sacrificing him to the sacrificing him to the flames of please let Deathwing Knights still be good. 
Uh, no, nah, they're gonna suck too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, they're gonna get heirloom weaponed, and they're gonna oh, be like it's five gonna be one. Sick. They're gonna be like five oh, one two or something. Five two one, baby. Oh, get five, a cursed two, weaponed. Wow. Uh, I'm also not completely not anticipating them primarifying the Talon Master, so that you get like a storm speeder, but with a dude with a sword hanging off the side of it. They should, y- they should yassify the storm the Talon Master. <laughs> What, what I love Innis grabbing his mail off the top. Give me this. No, no, no. It's my notes for the plugs. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. We might as well do those right now because we're starting to drift off. Unless we want to talk about the Dark Angels previews very quickly. No, I really don't want to. That detachment was really bad. <laughs> what? I thought advanced and no, I'm just kidding. We're, we're not going to. Why, why is the one CP stratagem for plus one to wound against character units? Only infantry and mounted characters. It's the best. I fucking love that shit. <laughs> it's gonna At be least another it works against wraiths, but why couldn't it just work against Catan, guys? Like, come on, you just printed Catan. You have it's to know everybody just... wants to kill them. The Stormlance detachment all over funny. again. And if anybody on the planet has ever looked at Outriders and gone, you know what I need is more than three units of these. I don't know what to say that can possibly help you. Other than you should consider seeking out the master of maneuver to uh, to learn a lesson, to learn your lesson. My real question is going to be when they come out with the language for the supplement is if I can take space wolf units in that, in that detachment. Just I don't know why it just makes yeah, you, can get all, you can get them all plasma pistols instead of storm shields, and then you can advance and shoot with all your plasma pistols. Exactly, of course. And then you can use all Obviously. your once per game blood searches from your uh, from your Jarls to get into combat instead of <laughs> instead of charging. Is that what they're called? I feel like that's not the name of the unit. <laughs> close enough. It's close enough to our Viking. Uh, they're called Wolfguard battle leaders on Thunderwolf, but Jarl is funnier. Oh God, I think I would rather Jarl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, and let's do the plugs because we're di- we're turning into <sighs> plugs, things. Plugs, plugs, plugs. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us for the first 50 minutes of this meandering mess that we call a show. We hope you're all enjoying it as much as we are. Um, I'm not going to say that I didn't wake up seven minutes after the show was meant to be on, and that's why we were late, but it was actually Jeremy's fault. I was the second latest. Um, if you're enjoying what we do and you want to do see more of it or you want to chuck us a, a subscribe or a comment or any of the cool stuff you can do on YouTube, check out youtube.com slash statcheck. That is the best place to do that, all of that stuff. Uh, we do our best to read all the comments. We respond to all of the ones that are on like the most recent show. Uh, if it's even vaguely a, a discussion topic, if you're just saying thank you, we're going to take the comment and high five, but we're not responding. We don't have time for that, apparently. Depends um, on how long I've got. Exactly. That's Nathan's, well, that's Nathan's <laughs> that's one me. job. So if Nathan doesn't, if Nathan ignores you, know that it was him and that you can yep. judge him as much. It was as also like. personal if I ignored you. Yeah. Well, it was also me. You can be mad at me for that too. If you want to argue, never answered though, a comment. But yeah, if you want to argue in the comments, like we're down for that too, because like clicks is clicks. Um, <laughs> as we mentioned earlier, <laughs> you check out our Patreon, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash that check, where you can get access to all the wonderful stuff like our Discord, the Discount Code for Red Dragon, um, and pictures of all the stuff that Jeremy was complaining about at the UTC finals. Um, you can also see uh, Tim having a wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful platter at dinner or, you know, listen to Nassim and Liam Vesel complain about different ways of falling through tables of tournaments, which was one conversation public from today. Um, the best way to fall through a tournament, as I'm told, is to make sure that you only hit, if you just like elbow one model on the way down, that'll be the only one they notice breaking and you can get away with all the other stuff because they won't see it. 
Um, I'm pretty sure that's what Liam said. I didn't actually read the conversation, and it's funnier if I say it this way. You can also check out all of our various sponsors. We have Red Dragon, Will and Yutani, and Saltar Games. They are all doing wonderful things for us. Red Dragon, we have a discount code for in the stat in the Star Trek Patreon, where you can get 20% off, but they provide there is the usual hobby shop that does all your hobby needs. They've also got all of our stuff like dice, objective markers, and uh, mats for Star Trek with all the branding on it. Well, Yutani, we have a code StatCheck5, which will get you 5% off on all your WC terrain needs, but they've also got a bunch of other stuff outside that, like uh, GW terrain and objective markers and things like that. Um, so do check them out, especially if you're UK, if you're UK or Europe-based, because it's a much easier way to get terrain, um, because it is really easy stuff with the flat packing and all that stuff. And then Salter Games on Etsy have got all the things like our tokens and um, measuring gauges and stuff like that. I give him a grab bag of stuff to take back over to the States with him. I think he's got an extra Death Guard set and stuff like that to give away. Um, so we'll maybe see about getting that done on X and One, because he already had one. Lastly, you can check out the other shows, Internet the Matrix and XM1, uh, who are both going to be... So, uh, as we said last week, XM1 is moving to a monthly release schedule, uh, at least until WTC. Um, they will be coming back uh, probably in the next couple of weeks to talk about Tim's Nottingham experience and a bunch of other stuff that they've built up over the past month. And then Internet the Matrix, which is the team's focus show, will be back presumably pretty soon to talk about Pyra and ITT and all that kind of stuff um, because Nathan's going to be there and Typhus will be at Pyra and all this kind of great stuff and Pumbaa's at Pyra as well. So lots of teams coverage will be coming in the near future as we start building up the WC season. And then lastly, we do have our new show that we'll be debuting in February. We're almost at the point where I think we'll be able to tell you the name and like the idea next week because it'll be out hopefully out the week after that. A um, slow drip of but, teaser. For yeah, it. we're just going to tease, tease, tease on that one until we're ready to commit to everything. And then we're going to rug pull. And it's just Nathan reading, um, Nathan reading medical journals and bread documents. Um, <laughs> I, I will live read whatever you guys want if you want me to live read medical journals. I'll read some science journals to you. I think you should get Nathan to read all the articles he has pinned in his uh, pinned in his uh, home bar. Uh. <laughs> oh man, there are so many articles. I mean, some of these are web comics though. One of them is Kill Six Billion Demons, which is very good actually though. If you like web comics, and you can check out stat-check.com slash coaching there we go get there in the end uh for myself and typhus if you're interested in getting any help at all with developing as a 40 gay player at whatever level of play you're doing uh we're both very interested in helping you out and we'd love to hear from you if that's something that you're interested in otherwise thank you for being with the show the best thing you any of you can do as always is to listen wherever you are recommend us to a friend any of that good stuff because it really is the best way i would like to say a massive thank you to everybody who came and said hi to me at nottingham i swear um and this is going to be like the stupidest complaint. Please, if you come and say hi and we have a conversation, introduce yourself to me at the end of it or like at any point in it because I'm now going to, I do not know your names. I know that that's a really stupid thing to say, but if we're, if we're having a conversation, if you just say hi, like it's fine. But if we like sit and talk for like five, 10 minutes, like tell me who you are at the end because you probably didn't introduce yourself at the beginning because the conversation started as, hey, I love the show. And then we started talking. And I really, I know that's a stupid thing to say, but introduce yourselves. We'd love to know who you are, um, especially if you watch a bunch or you see us a bunch of tournaments. Yeah, I love talking to you guys when you come up to us and say hi. It's, it's one of the best things that we do in this hobby, and I, I truly, truly love it. Um, but yes, please just say hi. Please introduce yourselves. It's such a weird complaint to have to do, but it's not even a complaint. But thank you so much to the, everybody in the community. I, I'm sure Tim got ho hopefully Tim got a bunch of people as well. What I wanted know Tim got a bunch of was that Tim Pity from X and One that they asked me. So I'm hoping they went and spoke to him at the end uh, or <laughs> afterwards. But... <laughs> It's actually just Forsman. It's Forsman. No. It, it, that, that is that guy, right? I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, you can go and talk to him yourself. My um, name is Eric. Trust. <laughs> uh, 
you can't do the in jokes thing again. Right. We, we do that too often as it is. All right, we're going to now roll into the show questions. As always, if you want to get your question read out on the show, uh, do either chuck us it in the Patreon Discord or super chat us on at it at us on YouTube, and we'll definitely get to it. Otherwise, we'll get what we can in the time that we have. Uh, we've got a couple of highlighted ones to have a look at, but uh, if you get if you chuck us a super chat or it's in the Patreon Discord, we will definitely answer the question unless it's really stupid. And I'm looking at you, Paul. Or if we covered it already. Um, or if I'm feeling spiteful is apparently the other thing that I've learned. Or if I lose my reading comprehension abilities. All those things tend to happen. Any of those but... could happen. So watch out. <laughs> also, imagine before we having go to... reading comprehension abilities. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty uncommon for 40k people based on the rules discussions I've been seeing today. But let's... Just today? I mean, always, but especially today. Uh, all right. So How does reanimation of reserve work, Nathan? No. 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 <laughs> no. no. Stop it. <laughs> I have somebody... I mean, I had to have this conversation multiple times today about world eaters and uh, blood surging when all the berserkers died and stuff like that. I'm just not... No, no more rules conversations for today. All right. Richard Kilpatrick asks, I have a lot of termagants to paint before an upcoming tournament. Is there anything you guys recommend watching slash listening to while I power through? I'm running out of podcast backlog. For me, I like going into Discord voice chat and just chatting with people. Um, I don't know what you guys like to do when you're painting like tons of identical models. I don't have a use case for the scenario. I, don't have I mostly just like watch TV shows and stuff like that. Um, what do you do I, while grinding in WoW, Anthony? Do you watch the computer or do you play something in the background? I grind in WoW. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. I've not figured out how to play Marvel Snap and Paint yet. Sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> You need to learn how to use your feet to play the game while painting with your hands or something. I don't know. Um, you should listen to the episodes of Stat Check. Yeah, and there you go. Yeah, listen to our backlog. You can even go to our pre-statric show and listen to that, I guess. As well. I actually don't think that's on Spotify anymore. But Oh, well, then you can't do that. And it might gone. be other places, but it wasn't on Spotify when I went out to look. That's kind of sad. I'm sure some of that content was good. Uh, John Seibel asks, what's your funniest Warhammer? Sorry, who Seibel? Jason Seibel. Did I say John Seibel? Yeah. He did. <laughs> Damn, I'm having a really bad reading day today, guys. Jason Seibel asks, what's your funniest Warhammer moment? There are three questions here. Funniest Warhammer moment. I still think it will always be Anthony trying to convince me not to drop. Oh, <laughs> my God. The fucking and then me convincing myself to do it despite anthony very much trying to help me not make a mistake that will always be funny to me no matter what there's a wonderful wonderful picture of our the year we came third the pair during our pairings against poland of our captain actively sleeping and drooling with us and the team poland guys clustering around him pointing at him while he sleeps <laughs> nice <laughs> We won that pairing. We're still shocked. <laughs> Guy was dead weight. Anthony, do you have a funniest moment? Um, it's a nice mixture of spite and funny. So I'll probably go with KC uh, teams. I was playing against Sean. And Sean and I are really bad 
about not playing quickly when there's no clock present. Like, we'll just bullshit and talk nonsense and not get anywhere. So we were like, hey, you know, just making absolute certain no clock. And the person stood there who will go unidentified for the sake of the story was like, no, even if you put one down, we won't enforce it. And we were like, bet. So an hour and a half into the round, we finished deploying and (laughs) did not finish that game. (laughs) But we had a lot of fun fucking around (laughs) and having some drinks and fucking about in that interim period. So, uh, yeah, that was a... it's not necessarily the funniest thing that's ever happened while I was playing 40k. It's got to be the the flip against Poland, right? The, no, that was not funny at all. That wasn't even a little bit funny for me. Uh, that lives on in my nightmares and is the fire that keeps Team USA burning. Um, yeah. That was funny, like, with the benefit of hindsight. Uh, but, yeah. I think the funniest thing I've ever been sent that's 40k related is the gif of from Ultron of him going with the benefit of hindsight and it's got he's got a US flag on him and then when the Hulk runs up and like punches him into the sun he's got a Polish flag on his back that one that one's pretty top notch um, I could not find that if I wanted to but yeah that uh those are probably the two things that have made me laugh probably like if not the hardest close to the hardest in 40k but I can think of off the top of my head and I'm sure there's other stuff. We could probably do a whole bonus episode of just funny moments in 40k. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a long storied history full of nonsense at this point. I'm about to do three tournaments in the next three months. Like, I'm sure it's going to be a mess. Abaddon with five Terminators, yay or nay? No, just just don't hurt yourself. The follow-up bit of this is planning a list and dropping five from the 10-man brick lets me take three bikes and chaos spawn for mission play. This is a Hey Anthony Night Lord situation, it feels like. It, Jason, buddy. That's, that's an answer enough. This is for the practice <laughs> weekend. Just DM me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bryn, oh, Bryn don't asks, do this to Chris. <laughs> I guess we can answer this even without uh, Jeremy here. Bryn asks, hopes for the Votan data slate. Uh, the win percentage seems to be dropping. I don't think Votan need anything at the moment, really. They could probably like do with like buff wise. They could use a like less stuffing. Sagittars definitely should not be a hundred point models. Yeah, they knock yeah. those back to one twenty, and like maybe we're fine. I guess the only thing I was thinking, I was like, they don't need any buffs. Oh at, yeah, no, at, I think at most they need like a couple targeted nerfs. Yeah, like one less judgment stack at the start of the game, and like Sagittars go to one twenty, and maybe see where we fall. Yeah. Uh, Dan F asks, what does gaining the battle line keyword even do? I assume they're talking about the new Ravenwing detachment. It lets you take six of something instead of three of it. It, it lets you voluntarily run less Outriders. Like, you can see I'm opting to run even less of them now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I could have six, and I'm still choosing to have zero. Yeah. Like, um, what does the battle line keyword do? It lets you have more than three squads of Skatari Vanguard. I'm pretty sure that's all. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it does. And gargoyles and termagants. True. It it increases the range of a lot of models that you can take from zero to three to zero to six, which I guess is something. Yeah, gargoyles being battle line is an error, but whatever. (laughs) 
Uh, Idris asks, any plans on doing a math slash stat slash pop probability focus spinoff? I will answer this question. We did originally have like ideas about doing that. And instead we've done it as like randomly, we've done it as bonus content when also like around it. Yeah. And articles. So we've been writing more articles. Uh, the ELO one is the most free is the most recent one. There've been some, well, that's more math, I suppose, than anything else and some stats. There are some historically, we've put out a few math hammer articles and a few other things. We had an, a math person episode uh, around the time of WTC, and I'll probably do that again um, when people start locking down for WTC. People start going to do stuff. Um, so we'll probably do some more of that. Beyond that, we're working on some other things. We might do some more learners and stuff like that as things go on. We've discussed a little bit of that in the background before, but that will be mostly for dashboard-related things for learning how to use it. Uh, Frank says, first off, I've only made like 20-ish Marine lists since last episode. I'd hardly call that a spiral, but I digress. Um, that feels like that's my no, fault. It's just, a, it's just a looping line. It's not a spiral. The uh, <laughs> thousand-yard stare out of Frank when Angron one-shot his Redemptor and his Redeemer at the same time was, uh, I was like, ooh, sorry, buddy. Ooh, you can measure six inches, you know? <laughs> 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 Given that we saw some more off-meta combinations of Marine Chapters slash Attachments, Stormlands DA, Iron Storm Wolves, go X and 1 at Nottingham, do you think that there's more life in these underexplored detachment combinations that might potentially see more play post-late? Stormlands Templars has been su surprisingly fun, and I can't stress this enough, maybe good in my limited experience. I mean, we can test your limited experience anytime you've got an hour to drive up to Rogue State, Frank. You live very close to me. That is the best invitation you can probably receive. I am sure your... there are builds in that detachment that'll be great when everything else sucks. We just need, like, I don't even think that's necessarily the case. I think Templars have enough, like, random good data yeah. sheets that you could probably make an army out of that, out of just having, like, good detachment rules. Unfortunately, I just think Gladius does that better than Stormlands does. Innis, how many Stormlands slash Stormraven lists should we prepare pre-slate? None. Not a Post-slate, though. Look, you can run Gullum and Stormlands and give both two Stormravens, might as well to hit and wound and shooting. Um, you shouldn't, but you can. No. That sounds awful. <laughs> if you're on Calgar as well, you can Armor Contempt and Minus One to hit and wound them both every turn. How many months do I have, <laughs> I have to care what Innis plays? Two? <laughs> Two. Two. We should put a We're countdown under yeah. you. Like, yeah. that should be your title from now on, Anthony. We, is have, a month, we have a month till Pyra. Yeah. Two <laughs> months till Anthony bullies Innis about what he plays because it affects him now. <laughs> uh, Evan asks. Uh, I'm a fairly typical 2-in-1 RNT X and 2GT player looking to get better, and I know I just need to play more games to do so. And that the best way to do that is probably TTS. However, I often feel weird looking for games in competitive areas, given that I'm inexperienced with TTS and only an average player. How do you recommend setting expectations before a game and or searching out games while still learning the competitive ropes? You are the overwhelming majority of the TTS users. That's the Just easiest way to put it. Yeah. yeah, like most people that play TTS yeah. fall in that exact bracket. If somebody's really good and still looking for random pickup games, like you're going to be like, they're going into it with the expectation that they're not going to catch somebody who's like, you know, they're not going to catch Liam VSL in a random pickup game. Though so you might. You might. In our Discord. You're not going in with the expectation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just do it. It's fine. Yeah. And if you pick up somebody like Liam VSL, you can learn a lot from those matchups still. Like, and it'll even be if fast. you are like, yeah, maybe. Who knows? We might have time for two. Um, and 
honestly, you just have to kind of put yourself out there a little bit for TTS games. Um, in our Discord has a pretty good TTS community with people looking for games most days. So, Evan, since you're in our Discord, just post that you're looking at the TTS folks. Somebody will pick you up on it, most likely. Uh, more general question is, what's the most skill difference you can have between players in order for a game to be, in quotation marks, worth the time for both players? Or is a rep always worth the time, no matter what? Almost always. Unless you go into it with, like, stupid list mismatch, uh, as well as a skill mismatch. If you come into it with at least a reasonably, like, a reasonably relevant list, you'll get something out of it as a game. And if you're just looking for a random pick game, it's fine. I wouldn't worry too much about it. No. All right. Adam Thylacine asks, asks, Uprising Adelaide, the big event in Australia, is using no Dawn of War or Hammer and Anvil missions. Only search and destroy Crucible of Battle and Sweeping Engagement. What do you reckon about that? Fucking heroes, cut that Sweeping Engagement and, we'll be, and, and search and destroy will be great. I mean, just Crucible. <laughs> search and destroy is fine sometimes. It just depends on the rest of the mission. Come on, World Ears player. You can't honestly believe that. <laughs> I mean, my army is definitely the exception rather than the rule when it comes to that mission, but yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Idris asks, what are your thoughts on using D8s slash D12s in 40k for certain set roles like Blood Tithe, Fate Dice, etc.? Sounds like I'd have to bring a whole bunch of extra dice to an event and I can't really be arsed. What was the question? It's like adding extra dice to 40k, like d8s and d12s. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely not. Don't do that. I think, like, you that would have been interesting to do in like if you're going to reboot like the whole game from scratch, maybe. But I think at this point, where it's like every three years it cycles into only slight differences on a d6 based system, that it's kind of too late now to really do it in a lot of ways. Yeah, we're d6 gamers, like, unlucky, no touch. Yeah. (laughs) In our, uh, Sean asks, in our current hellscape of playing 400 power level lists, how would you feel about giving non-stat line buffs to weapon choices that are strictly worse on a lethality threshold? Adding stuff like stealth or sticky objectives could make these more a meaningful side grade instead of a strict, just strictly worse. I assume he means like, why take not multi-meltas on Lehman Russes essentially? And things like that, like give buffs to nah to warrior that you usually just wouldn't take because it's just not as good. Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to live in a world where like most warrior was useful. It just is not the one we live in at all. Um, points was the way to fix it, and they decided that was for. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything really nice to say about like the rest of where I'm going with this. All the so. points grinding that is an old world now, boys. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to play vampire counts. Let's go. Second, they drop they drop my elf models back on the store. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to play with Sigmar models, but yeah, there are no high elf Sigmar models, so that's not true. Yes, it is. <laughs> There's a whole faction of high elf Sigmar models. No, they are not. No, no, nope, they're nope. with Teclis and everything. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, the Teclis is even there, bud. There's no high elves. Sorry. All right, uh, Jason Sible asks: Have you played a game recently? Where an opponent has made a move that's made you thought at first made zero sense only for next turn it made perfect sense and it was brilliant. No. <laughs> a lot of people make really stupid moves and hit nine inch charges. But if that counts. <laughs> I recently made a mistake that just made zero sense at the time and also made zero sense later. 
Yeah, I, every once in a while, I'll do something that's like, I just did it because I could, and it just so happened to like link close a screen. That happens sometimes, but that's about yeah. as close to that as that gets. There's not a ton of like, it's really hard to be like, wow, like, wow, that was brilliant in a game of 40k. There's just not that much available in terms of like expression beyond it. The only um, time that happens to me is when I watch Liam play. <laughs> There's to times fair, we walk by that man's that tables and they don't actually, make sense. Um, watching Brian use the last five minutes on his chess clock is the closest I've ever been to oh. being wowed. Because that yeah. man could stretch five minutes on the chess clock into an hour of gameplay. Dude, and I don't know how. Brian's but... got the fastest hands in the West. He like once he's going, if you're he says this all the time, but if you're like right here, like you could never throw anything at Brian's face and connect. It'll never happen. He's he's on it. Like he'd be the world's best like Wing Chun practitioner if we could get him to do it. <laughs> so yeah, um, Brian using all of his time on random bullshit so that he can have he can get to his five minute have his five minute speed up faster. Wowed wows me every time. Yeah, he'll shoot every pistol in an orc army just so that his last five minutes can be him getting a twenty o. Yeah, hmm. it's really stressful love to it. watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam Lemon asks. Sometimes the event we are preparing the most for is a couple months away and or a data slate or two away, notably. Do you believe it is best to prepare in advance? I not take meta Eldar slash CSM to a team's event pre-slate if you don't know it will survive post-slate. Oh, no. not at all. That is a terrible mindset that somehow propagated throughout the community. And I fucking hate that. You play the rule set you are given for the events you are going to. That's it. Unless you're specific, like the balance data slate is tomorrow, and I have an event in a week that I want to practice for. Like, cool, man, I get it. But if it's like right, and you're like, you know, you're playing like, there's no point in you playing the current Eldar build because it's not going to exist next week. Otherwise, just play the best list that you have access to to get the best practice games you can. Focus on getting better at the game, and the list will come with it. Will come later. Yeah. Uh, second question is technically it is true that there are no professional 40k players in the sense they make a living wage off purely playing 40k uh, they make it via content creation is what's in parentheses next what would it take and is it possible for this to change in the future but I think this is like extraordinarily difficult for this to see change you'd have to win with such like a breath of consistency that it would be very or unlikely events would have to get a lot more expensive <laughs> Well, or they like the pri the sponsorship stuff would have to get a lot yeah. bigger, right? Like that's probably the way that it would go. But even then, right? Like you're talking about making a living, so you're playing like a tournament every other, every single weekend. And at what point? What does like fourth place have to be for prize money for that to be tenable? This way is yeah, better. Like I'm okay with this way. This semi-professional way that it's currently played is probably fine. It needs, like, there are some things that need to be tweaked for quality of life things. Judging is one of those things that I think needs to be improved. And Yeah, the there's, like, a lot of stuff that needs to change before it can be played for dollars. Um, yeah. But the events that play for large sacks of cash are, like, pretty rare and far between. It's at this fun. Point. They're fun one-offs rather than the thing you're banking your life on, which makes them a little less, like, immediately offensive. Yeah. It's cool yeah, to have, I've... like, the one big event that, that pays out money and, like, God, it's a cool story and stuff like that. And But it's also just, like, the thing you're doing for your hobby, and that's fine. That's chill. Yeah. When I'm it's, also... I need, this, I need to win this tournament to make rent, uh, I'd rather not have that. Yeah, and I think it's, like, 
broadly fine the way that it runs right now. I don't think that it would be like super crazy. I also kind of love that like the like you know prize from like the most prestigious tournament that we go to is this fucking thing. Like <laughs> so yeah. I mean those belts are pretty cool though. So is that sword, right? Yeah, but that's not like the WTC, right? Those are like cool True. other tournaments like Inessa saying. Like yeah. I have a bunch of random cool trophies. I'm just saying, like, the the big one, right, is, like, a medal. Or, like, Typhus was showing me, like, the one they got for winning in, like, 2013 or something, or 15. And it's, like, a square piece of paper that's, like, covered in dust in his mom's place or something. Like, <laughs> um, ETC prizes were not great. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> This is one of my favorite questions because I actually think that there are going to be some disappointed Drukari people come this preview this weekend. Uh, Jay asks, will Anthony sell his soul if Dark Elves get an Age of Sigmar faction? Yeah. Instantly. I love Flesh Eater Quartz a lot, but the way they've set up the only way that Dark Elves can end up in AOS would mean that we'd have, like, a real issue on our hands if they came out and had cools. Yeah, it looks like, I actually think that there might be, uh, a Dark Elf being previewed in that preview yeah. image series that they've sent out um because one of them looks like an age of sigmar model more than it looks like a mandrake unless they've changed the mandrake like design significantly i mean i'm also game for new mandrakes i am having my like drukari collection redone so i've been I hope thinking it's the mandrake about... character but not the mandrake squad they just bring out like whatever the guy Ooh. like cruella divide so cruella devile was uh, a character in the fifth edition. What? There were more Drakari Drakari characters, and they had really funny names. Yeah, Cruella de Vile, Duke Sliscus. Um... That's hilarious. Where is that? I would also. I'm super here for like a 380 point effect model. Can we get that going again? That'd be hype. If we could get the Dias of Destruction back, where it's just Vect on his cruise boat still, I would be down for it. Like, that also cool. works. Because Drakari don't have a centerpiece model, like, in their standard plastic range. Nope. Everybody else kind of does. I mean, they don't have one at all. The Tantalus, yeah. I guess. But it's a Forge World model, not a plastic one. Every other faction has, like, a centerpiece model that's a plastic model, basically. Except yeah. maybe like the Vile, also known as the Mistress of Skulls or the Emasculator. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, I, I hope it's just hard. Adam has another question, which is: there has been a bit of discussion about marine bloat and making the RGB Marines standalone books of special boys, which will never happen. Which chapter would build the most fun slash interesting slash comp? Take your pick a list. If you could use nothing except supplement, if you could only use supplement units, nothing from the vanilla codex. Templars, right now. Yeah. I think it's just Templars because they're doing well with they have, well, they just have all the things too. As Black Templar labeled, yeah. yeah. They have all the vehicles as Black Templar vehicles. Well, they also have like a big stupid troop blob they could run if they want. Their elite infantry unit is extremely good. They have their own land raiders, they have their own like they just they can do whatever. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean like Black Templar is a Virtue Horde top four Nottingham. Yep. Uh, what would GSC have to look like for Anthony to play them with no reservations? So many questions this week. 
Um, what would GSC have to look like? <laughs> People really just want to see you playing an interesting army for the first time in a while, Anthony. Whoa! I play a very interesting <laughs> army. How dare you? I carry the torch wow. for my faction. I'm like, your bitch-ass abandoning nids. Um, Dang. Anyway, um, <laughs> the GSC, I don't know. GSC, melee GSC? Isn't that like, they were melee GSC once upon a time, right? That was a real thing in a past Yeah, like Muscle Beach, wasn't Eighth it? Eighth edition, yeah. Yeah um that would probably be what i'd want like basically what i want out of gsc to play them is also what i want out of jakari which is like if there's like a spectrum that is like dark angels on one end as like whatever the fuck the opposite of like a glass cannon is perhaps like a stone spoon um <laughs> there is on the other end of the spectrum I want that. Like, whatever the logical extreme <laughs> at the absolute end of that spectrum. Like, six up save, nothing else, big damage. That would get yeah. me to play GSC. Anthony wants an asbestos nuke, not a glass cannon. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, want, I want somebody to model their Deathwing now to all just have wooden spoons. spoons. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we don't know what the next melee pro is going to look like. They might as well be. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, Anthony, there's another question for you from Luke. Uh, Anthony Jesus. goes to an event tomorrow and, and has to choose between A, playing Tau, B, playing Imperial Guard, C, playing World Leaders into Triple Spinners every round. What are you choosing and why? Oh, it's Triple Spinners. I have gotten Eldar and World Leaders close enough that I love to watch the world the Eldar players, like, sweat. It's my new favorite thing. Because the minute an Eldar player realizes they can lose a game, they assume they will lose a game, it's the best. It's the best. No, you don't have all the agency, bitch. Come here. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I actually, like, I don't have anything against playing against Eldar a whole bunch of times in a row as eaters. It's not favored, but it is fun. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to make people sweat, right? And that's good enough. Oh, I, I adore it. <laughs> Because when people sweat, they make mistakes. And when they make mistakes, you can capitalize they on them. They die. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, ben asks, in the alternate universe where you were attending LVO this week, what would you have brought? Um, I would have brought the exact list that Jamie Beaton is running. And those are things that are related. What What is Jamie Beaton bringing? For 1975. No, it's, oh, it's, no? it's, it's CSM with like two Forge Fiends, two Accursed Cultist Blocks, three Chosen, three legionnaires like if i was going to lvo it would be for the purpose of winning lvo i'd be playing csm as well yeah. and i would be playing csm interesting but that's what we probably would play eldar so i would have brought uh, i don't think i don't even think eldar is the best chance at winning the event right now i think you might you it's too easy to step on the necrons landmine i would have just brought world leaders because i would have had fun probably playing world leaders not on lvo I've, train you wouldn't have i thought they made it better this year did they not make it better this year? Did I, I mean, hear lies and propaganda it's still, on the it's internet? Still player place, dog. Like, there's only so much better it can get. <laughs> Apparently, um, they have decided to take this judgment token thing that was happening in chat, and they put up a selection of images for judgment tokens from <laughs> uh, featuring all of the hosts in our Discord chat. Fantastic! And if you want to see and it, go there. If you want to join our Patreon Discord, you can see. Although they didn't pick my favorite for Anthony, which would just be Anthony leaning in real close to the camera. I mean, there's got to be hours of me doing that at this point. The, that happened more often on Fight Club. Yes, it happens a little bit more sparingly here. It's funny for me because 
we don't have more. We have a couple questions that I highlighted, but my somebody, my younger brother showed my parents the podcast over a holiday break. Nice. And they were like, man, you touch your beard way too much during the show. <laughs> and I was like, shit. <laughs> and now I've been trying harder to stop myself. But it's funny that the picture that he used for one of the judges is just just me holding my beard, which is true. That is my yeah. stress position, basically, at this point on the show. Fair. All right. Um, we have two questions that I highlighted from Chad. If you guys see a different one, that's fine. First one's from Red Rum. Who says, Nat Nathan, you really think world leaders will get nerfs? Anthony, tell him he is wrong. And the answer to that is, I think the RTT data that GW, I think, uses in part for their balance slate indicates that world leaders are our problem probably at some level of play. I don't know. That... I, don't, yeah. I don't think they're going to get big nerfs. I think they might get like some minor tweaks that put the list over 2000, the 1975. And you might just have to change up a bunch of stuff about how you play that list. My concern for eaters isn't the like points so much as it is like if they decide that some of the mechanics need to th need a smack. Because um, the thing with eaters is that like they're not overpowered right now, right? They just aren't. Right. No metric will tell you they are. Um, I but I'm playing them, and that's usually the metric that I look for to determine if an army is overpowered. <laughs> but there is an argument that if you clip the top, that they could be. Right, like one of the eaters' bad matchups is CSM, even though they do have a reasonable win rate into Eldar, so they're not really being suppressed too much by Eldar. Um, they like if CSM gets a lot worse, if some of the other stuff in the meta changes, like some of the Templar builds can be awkward for eaters. Um, if other things get hit, there is a world where eaters could become too much and they might try and get ahead of that eight ball. How hard they run ahead of it is hard to say. Um, the big thing with eaters is that they exist on the knife edge, right? Like, it is very easy to make them bad. Um, the army that runs no guns is inherently disadvantaged. Pretty straightforward stuff. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. There are certain things that I, even I would like to see changed. Um, like, I don't... Angron's res should probably be once per game. That's, like, an easy, like, softball change. Make people less upset. Frankly, if you're playing correctly, that shouldn't fucking happen anyway. Like, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff with yeah, that. Angron's like, res is one of those abilities that's just kind of like, this day sheet probably shouldn't be in the competitive build. Um, Just, like... Um, like yeah, it's, like, fine that he's good, right? Like, he's not... You know, because, like, the alternative to... The only way to make Angron not worth running is to make other things in the book very good, right? Because he's the only fucking thing with Fly. So, and in this edition, that matters a lot, given how much things can move reactively out of phase, so on and so forth. Screening is much easier this edition than it's been in the past. So, you need something with Fly. That means that for Angron not to be run, you would need 8-bound to be, like, Bananas. They basically you basically need to have to incentivize the list building that was set up at the end of ninth. So you'd have to bump an AP on berserkers, make eight bound crazy. Like there's ways to do it, but like it doesn't make sense. I think you could bring Angron down back into like normal by just making his res once per game. It's kind of silly that it can happen multiple times, and I think it's 
stupid that it rewards you for playing badly, basically. Like, if you need him to get rezzed more than once, you are throwing. Like, there's a difference between, like, using him aggressively with the expectation that he'll die and trying to bait it out early so you can get a rez so that you can do things later in the game. Very different than just, like, brah, he died, rez, brah, he died, rez. Like, that's very different play cycles. Um, So, yeah, that's, like, something I would like to see changed. And but... the other question comes from Paint Celestine, which is my second question. What gives up more? Bring it down, VPs. Three Paragon Warsuits or one Warlord Titan? It is three Paragon Warsuits, I believe. I would be shocked if it wasn't, based on yep. the phrasing of the question. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you're going to yeah. play against... All the Paragon Warsuits are a lot harder to kill in the sense that they're on the table and can die. Um, yeah. Whereas True. Warlord Titan, like, or dead. Yeah. That's never seen the field. <laughs> I've played against one. I've never played against something like that. I played against one in an RTT. It was an interesting game. I tried. I won the game without killing a model to try and challenge myself. Nice. <laughs> and then Murphy added a question to the Discord, which is, speaking of telling mom, because this is apparently, I forgot that my younger brother joined our Discord. My older brother is gifting me Tau. How do I beat him with Tau? He annihilated me with Angron last time I played him. Um, 18 crisis suits. Go. <laughs> The thing with Tau into World Eaters is that you need to screen, and your screens have a bad leadership characteristic, and that makes that game really complicated. So if I figure it out, I'll let you know, but I haven't yet. Fair enough. There are 18 crisis suits in the army that I'm gifting him, so... Easy Sick. and squeezy on that point. Um, that's it for questions. I don't really see any more questions aside from somebody making fun of Anthony. So like Custodes Anthony when he was talking about wanting an army that's like a asbestos supernova, maybe. I don't know. Well, that's nothing uh, like Custodes. Custodes don't do that at all. Yeah, that's like somewhere between a stone spoon, but the stone spoon hits melee armies extra hard or something like that. Yeah, it's like a stone shield. There you go. Stone it. It's a stone pike. You, know, you just run into it and die. That's about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to walk us out? This episode had a name, but I'm not. I'm still not saying it. Nathan, you say it. Uh, cryptic Canoptic Cons Conquest. Damn it! <laughs> that was the consequences. Uh, cryptic Canoptic Conquest. Actually, I said Cryptic, but it was Cryptic. That's a terrible episode title. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us for episode 75. If you enjoyed the show, do all the things that we said earlier. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us. Uh, if you're at a tournament this weekend, come say hi. Otherwise, good luck at LVO if you're there. Um, uh, I hope Sasha and Ben Sherwin, I hope you both get smashed so you don't take best infection Marines off me. Um, nice. Yeah, good luck. It's hard to wish bad through. things on Sasha. He's great. I'm sure he is, but I hope he goes 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Nice. <laughs> Have a great time, everybody. Good luck. If you see us, come and say hi. Uh, we'll be back hopefully with Jeremy next week to do the talking about the UTC thing because he will probably have opinions that we would like to share. Bye-bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.